Hello, good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you're listening to this. Hello. I'm Danielle. Good middle of the night. I, I'm Max. There <laughs> we go. We got everybody covered. Good insert time of day to you. T- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you should have said the first part. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good insert time of day to you, all of our lovely listeners. Perfect. We nailed it. We really nailed good. it. Yes. They'll never right. know. They'll no, never they'll know. They'll never know. Okay, yes. We are doing episode 133 today. Yeah. And I don't feel like coming up with something that number is because, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't care. We're doing a soundtrack episode, which we haven't done in a while. Yes. And I, these are probably like my favorites of the episodes we do. I love 80s movie soundtracks especially. Um, and this was one of my first loves in that department. Uh, no. And we're finally talking about it. I remember you loving this in high school I, so yes. much. I, I I've kind never of, really gotten into I it. I feel like I saw the movie on TV and then got obsessed with the songs that were in it because they're so 80s. And then started looking on eBay and like the soundtrack was really expensive and I was never going to find it. And then lo and behold, I was in a thrift store with my mom right here in little old Louisville, Kentucky. And bam, I found the tape. That's for a dollar cool. at Unique Thrift Store on in Portland on 22nd oh, yeah. Street. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. So the movie in question is 1985's Once Bitten, uh, starring Jim Carrey and Lauren Hutton. And a bunch of other people. Oh, Clavon Little, he's in it too. And some chick that played yep. on Dallas, K. I, K. Lloyd on Dallas. That's yes. what I, saw. I was like. Okay. So the movie itself is whatever. It's it's goofy, but the soundtrack is amazing. It's so good. It's pretty good. And you're gonna fall in love with it. This movie came out on the 15th of November, 1985, and the music could not be more appropriate for that exact moment in time. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna start by talking about the two songs on the soundtrack from Three Speed because they did the theme song for Once Bitten, and it is called Once Bitten, and it is kick ass. I don't, I don't love it. Really? I mean, it's fine. It's just so 80s, and it's like... It's so 80s. It's very 80s, and I just, I don't know, it's like that kind of weird, like, rock 80s thing that's like not quite all the way rock and not quite all the way dance, but not enough of any of them to grab me. But see, that's kind of why I love this. I think that they towed that line really brilliantly, because I agree that there's like a bad way you can tow that line. Absolutely. But they tow the line perfectly for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it just makes me, I want to feel one way or the other, like have one be the pull and then feel enough of the other. And I'm not pulled in it. I'm just like, this is, you know, this is a movie song from the 80s. That's what I feel. It from. absolutely and is. it's fine. There are much worse songs, but I don't know. I can't, I can't feel anything from this, but it is very, very 80s. And they also did the song Stop Talking About Us, which I think does play in the movie at some which point. Which is ironic because we're talking about them. <laughs> and yes, here we are. We're talking about you, Three Speed. I'm sorry. So back when I was doing my show uh, in college radio, I got to interview Linda Chase, who is the lead singer of Three Speed. Mm. And we had a great conversation. She is a lovely person. We're still Facebook buddies and talk way ever, super every now and then. Um, but she is a totally lovely, awesome person and gave me a great interview and um, I was trying to find old clips of it, but I could not find where I have this stash. But she she said all these wonderful things about how people kind of rip on 80s music, and at least at the time they did, because this was like the mid-2000s that 80s music wasn't mm-hmm. cool again yet. 
but they kind of rip on it like this overproduced or like easy to make kind of music when the reality of it is it was actually very difficult to make. Exactly. There was all this new technology that people had to harness and to make coherent music out of it was difficult. Absolutely. And um, not only that, they she talked about how Three Speed kind of got shafted as a band because they, I mean, they were not like a band that was assembled by a movie studio. They were a real band from Boston. Mm-hmm. And um, they had like sent a demo tape to MCA and she says that the president of MCA was like walking by somebody's office and they had the whoever's office it was had the three speed demo tape playing and the president of MCA heard and said, get them on a plane. I want them to do this song. So they brought three speed out. They did these two songs for the soundtrack. And then it was like, hey, can we cut an album? And MCA was like, no, not yet. Do this other movie song. And they were like, hey, can we cut an album now? And they were like, no, do this other movie song. And she said what they were doing is they were back home in Boston. They had written all these songs that were like three speed songs that they wanted for their their three speed album. And uh, they were sending the tapes over and MCA was just ignoring them. She said at one point she would just start making up fake song titles that she hadn't actually sent. She would like look down on her desk and like read something off of a magazine or something. And he'd go, oh, yeah, I don't really care for the drums in that one or I don't like the guitar. They just totally lied. And so Three Speed never got to make an album. There is no Three Speed album. So the Three Speed songs are like um, they did. Oh, I can't remember. Just like it taking it to taking it to the street streets of something. They had one from a, a, a streets movie. I can't remember the title, but they also did a great song called Wind Me Up on the Rad soundtrack. Um, which is a great three-speed song. But anyway, uh, three-speed, very cool people, um, never got their shot as a band. Um, That's crazy. That's a very 80s studio story right there. At the time, she sent me some lost, some three-speed songs that they had recorded back in the day that she'd had forever, and she sent them to me. And they're like, they're good. They should have been, there should have been a three-speed album. No reason there shouldn't have been. So Maria Vidal also got two songs on the soundtrack. Uh, Maria had kind of broken through the year before with the song Body Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in the group. Remember the 70s group Desmond Child and Rouge? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, we did an episode about her. Yes. So she was she was in Desmond Child and Rouge. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, sorry, I didn't specifically mean do you remember them. I was that was more for the audience. Oh, yeah. Yes, we did. Yes, we <laughs> and did. And if the, you don't remember them, listen to our episode about her. Yes, because we which did. I don't know the number and I, of it. I'm pretty sure in the Maria Vidal episode, which was forever ago, we promised to do a once been soundtrack episode, Probably. which we're now making good on. So here we are. Ha-ha, um, so, yeah, she had a minor hit with the song Body Rock. Um, but she did these two songs on the once bitten soundtrack, uh, including Just One Kiss, which is a Rick Springfield cover. I did not know this was a Rick Springfield cover. It is. And I can see it because it's like not quite as freestyly as I want Maria to be. Uh, and that's because Rick Springfield is not very. Yes. I'd love to see a Rick, Rick Springfield just pure freestyle song. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, Does that anybody w- have his number? Yes. I have an idea can, for him. <laughs> yes. Can Rick Springfield turn around and cover Eileen Flores's I Have Dreams? Yes. <laughs> Where's the petition to make that happen? An entire album of Rick Springfield does Stevie B. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm into it. We're going to make it happen. Um. So I actually, I love this cover. Um. It's It's not terribly different than the Rick Springfield version. I can see that. Except she she did a very smart thing and she sped it up. 
And that that made it more of a driving dance pop song. Whereas yeah. Rick's is more of a, a very straightforward kind of, you know, whiny dude rock song. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's absolutely probably true. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, she actually made it like a cool dance pop song. Yeah, I mean, it's not like that usual Maria, which makes sense, but it's still a dance song. Like, I'm still wanting to dance to it. Mm-hmm. It's, still, it's still got a pop edge. Oh, that's funny. I've been And then we've got Hands Off, um, which this this is the quintessential 80s high school dance scene Absolutely. song. Absolutely. Um, at this and point, it's the Maria I love. Yes. She has, she has arrived on the soundtrack. The, <laughs> She's at, moved on from Rick Springfield <laughs> and this, become herself. At this point in the movie, um, this is where the vampiress uh, shows up at the school dance to try to bite Jim Carrey for a second time. The plot of the movie is that this ancient vampire lady has to bite Jim Carrey three times to restore some sort Hutton, of her youth. the yes. ancient vampire lady? Yeah, she is. She's too beautiful to be an ancient anything. That's I know. Rude. Yeah, she was gorgeous. I bet she was. Was she a lovable but villain oh totally thank god okay that's so, what, i'll but, live with it but like but re- like relatively evil i mean still a villain but yes she's definitely but like one like, of those villains that you like like yeah, you're kind of cheering yeah. for a little bit yeah like because she's like sexy and chic and yeah anyway okay. i'll accept so it. she shows up at the high school dance in this scene and there's like a dance-off between her and jim carrey's girlfriend and jim carrey to this song and it's just ve- it's very 80s i like it i like it <laughs> So, uh, a song by German group Hubert K, which I'm sure is probably not how they pronounce it, but I don't German, so there you go. Hubert Hubert K. Now, I'm going to be quite honest. This is by far my favorite. I I knew it would be. I knew it would be. Like, I was just, oh my God. Like, this is going to, I've never heard of this group. And now I am going to basically just spend the next week listening to everything that they have because I can tell that it was made specifically for me well you are in luck because they were quite prolific i know i looked um they (laughs) they were a very popular band in in germany and i i'm not sure like what the german connection is on the soundtrack because as you'll see we're going to keep going um the the um the two versions of the soundtrack that I have on vinyl, I have the U.S. pressing, but the only other one I've ever seen is a pressing from West Germany. So I think that this movie was like double marketed here and there. And I think that these were strategic soundtrack choices yeah. to get the German audience excited. That's uh, a, yeah, so I, it's very I'm interesting. Excited. Am I German? I'm excited now. <laughs> um, the original version of this song uh, is in German. There is a German version of oh, the picture. God. 
And did you happen to see who produced this? Because that no. is also very interesting. Oh, God. It's I'm someone gonna, we've done an episode on. I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, who have we done? It's uh, someone that you did not particularly care for that we've done an episode on, which is what I thought was very interesting about it. Someone I don't care for. Yeah, you were you were pretty annoyed all through the episode. The episode was my idea. Um, I have no idea who it could be. Uh, that would be Curly MC himself, Mr. Michael Cretu of Enigma, produced this song. He's okay. I can see that, though, because, like, the Michael Cretu, <laughs> like, the the stuff they did with, like, Sandra's wife and all that stuff yeah. is very this, and yep. I like that. But this also, like, does this not, like, sort of give a hint to Enigma coming, Absolutely. like, it, years later? It's very, it's very into it, and that is the type of thing that I liked from him before he decided, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we don't need that. Uh, real life, face to face. Uh, you know, real life from "Send Me an Angel." Yeah, my my sweet Australian babies. Yes, the, that's really the, what the I sweet put. Aussies. My sweet Australian babies. This song was actually released as a single in Australia and Germany, and again was a hit. This was one that was Absolutely. pulled for the German audiences. I can see that. This is a great song. I don't I don't really know why if it got a U.S. release or if it just didn't work here. Because the only real life song I think people know, even like people who are super into 80s music are even going to know who real life is, but they're all going to say, send me an angel, right? Yep, absolutely. Not this one. Um, Yeah, they're always so fun. Like, it's just good, sweet little synth pop. Yes. It's a little, it's, you know. It it is also very German. Like, when I thought about it, I was like, I was like, I didn't ever, never thought about how German this song is, but it totally is. Yeah, we're going to schlogger all over this place. Well, here's another great unexpected guest appearance. I'm very excited about this. So, Private Domain with the song People Living in Shadows. Uh, do you know whose band this is? I don't know. Some weird person who's trying to put ska pop. He's trying to make that happen. You're correct. He's definitely weird. And he was on TV for a really long Sting. time. No. Nope. <laughs> he was on American television for a very long time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing that's him going, oh yeah, at the beginning of this song. Who's <laughs> that? <laughs> Uh, Dick Clark. I no, you're you're 0 for one on guessing. I'm gonna give you a better hint this time. Uh, he was someone's sidekick for a long time on television, and he played music on TV. As Paul Schaefer. It is Paul okay. Schaefer. He he pops up in this a lot is, of weird places. This is Paul Schaefer's band. He I'm not well now that I know that I'm not surprised <laughs> in the least. So yep, this is a uh, this is Paul Schaefer, uh, noted David Letterman sidekick and professional weirdo, and pops up in weird places like Spinal Tap. Yes, and the Once Bitten soundtrack. And here he is again. Yeah, yes. um, I will note that like even though this is weird and I'm not sure we need ska pop on anything. It's at least different and fun, and I like it. Oh, like, totally, I yeah. I listening to it. I'm not sure I would have picked it had I been 
doing the soundtrack, but I at least had fun. Uh, I just, I love that. Oh, yeah. At the beginning of this. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. It cracks me up. <laughs> So, Two of Us and Blue Night Shadow. Talk about a different song. I have um, a lot of questions about this. Uh, well, the two of us were two guys from Hubert Ka. It was two of the guys really? who were in Hubert Ka doing okay, this. So, again, very busy. more Germans. They're very busy. This was a top ten hit in Germany. Yeah, I noticed that, too. Right? Um, and it's it's like a little... It just, there's no pop song about this. It's just some old, like, there was a lot of that in 85. Like, there was, like, some weird, like, bringing back of old, like, bluesy, soulful, yeah, slow like, things. This I, is like a, a this thing. is like a stray cat strut kind of Exactly. Thing. And, like, you know, there was, like, the, like, that honey drippers nonsense. Oh, my gosh, yes. And, like, the Manhattans were doing this kind but of a thing. This is but supposed this to be to like a, is, this is supposed to be like a film noir, right? Like a 1940s yeah, detective like movie. Yeah, kind of a thing, yeah. Um, or like just a really, either that or just really campy Halloween. Yeah. Either way, it totally works on this soundtrack. It totally works. It totally fits in. It was a great choice. Yeah, I do not understand how this was a hit at all. It seems so strange to me, but it was a giant hit. And then like, the, I think as a group, they produced like two more singles and then they went off into the, they just evaporated into the solar system. No one knows. I tried to find out. I don't know. But yeah, this is weird. Yeah, speaking of weird, um, I think this is the lowest effort song on the soundtrack. This <laughs> low effort is a very nice way to say it. Gift horses alive or dead. Um, and I'm very annoyed because I wanted to go look and confirm that like this was, you know, some psycho Billy band that was signed to Enigma Records or something. This is literally their only credit. Yeah, I, was, I have no idea who gift horse are. They I, I think that it was just studio is, musicians. That's what I think, too. Um, Bill Straw and was the producer. Some guy named Bill Straw and the writers named Jorge Del Barrio and Hal Hellerman. And all three, this is their only credit. No idea what's going Hal on. Hal Hellerman sounds like a made-up name. So I think that he might be on other <laughs> yes. stuff. Gift, as Gift Horse, the band for three guys who were yeah, in witness this protection. This does seem like a quick studio thing of like they just needed some like kind of bland whatever-ish AOR sounding nonsense because, yeah, like, to get dad okay like, with why? the movie. It's not like the soundtrack was like short of songs. It's a very long soundtrack. So yeah, like why is this here? Is it a, is it an encoded message maybe? Was this like some way, was the CIA hiding a message in plain sight to, very to the War. West German government or something? Ooh, are we Maybe, FBI-ing here? Oh yeah, I'm totally FBI-ing let me, here. Let me look at because these. Because why? Three guys with very obviously made up names. Like, okay, you're just going to throw Jorge, Jorge Del Barrio on there. 
That is a totally made up name also. What's going on here? And Bill Straw. What producer's name is Bill Straw? I bet Hal Hellerman is an agent, some sort of Soviet agent. I think, oh my God, this was done yes, by the Russians, this, this whole <laughs> thing. They're catering to the U.S. and West Germany. Hal Hellerman is literally Boris Yeltsin. And, oh my God, I figured it out. I've cracked this code. Why has no one ever sued us? This is amazing. Jim Carrey is in this movie. Oh, you're I right. He's litigious. He... We need to be careful. Oh, okay. So, oh, no, yeah. oh never mind. Yes, I'm sure he's Gift definitely Horse, not involved. We've blown the lid on this, though. Gift Horse was a secret CIA project. Calling it now. Kevin McNelly, you're on my mind. I, I like envision this as if every idiot guy who plays like the boring jock sidekick in an 80s movie for some reason got to sing a song. That's what this is. <laughs> he reminded me of um, like uh, it reminds me of kind of se- like similar, but like, you know, in Family Ties, Mallory's boyfriend, who's kind of dumb with the long hair. OK, or, like, the motor. Like, that's who Kevin McNelly is to me. Like, he's stupid and, like, a little bored that thinks he's edgy. Like, <laughs> poor Kevin McNelly. He's going to be so excited. Like, what if he Googles himself? Like, I'm going to make sure his name is in the tags of this episode. What if he Googles himself and he's like, oh, this weird podcast did an episode of the One Spit and Soundtrack. And then he listens to this, like, waiting to hear us talk about him. And this is what he hears. And I'm going to be honest. This thing, these things we're completely making up about him. Well, you know, I don't. I can't find anything else on him. This is his only credit. I cannot find it is his only literally credit, anything but else. But also worth noting, he wrote and produced this song. Good job, Kevin. Well done, So if Kevin. he's going to have one song, sticking one in there on the Once Bitten soundtrack, which is up there yeah. with the great legendary 80s soundtracks, that's a great place yeah. for it to be. Also, I do really like this song. Mm-hmm, I really do mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And finally, we wrap up with Moses Tyson Jr.'s Makes Me Crazy. Very much an outlier on what? this. Yeah, but and what a great. jam. It is a jam. What a jam. I'm not sure how it ended up here, but I'm happy Me that Me either, did. but thank goodness, right? Like, can you just not see like eight dudes with guitars like slamming this song? It's oh God, awesome. Yeah. It's like five minutes long. It never feels like it's five minutes long when you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. It's, oh God, I love it so much. It is very good. Also, is this the same Moses Tyson Jr. that when I looked up, he's like now a gospel singer? Yep, that's, that's him. Who's like all of his information completely excludes that he did this thing. Right? Like, he never owns confused. it. Like, I, I, is he I, ashamed of this jam? Right? Like, why would he be ashamed of this awesome jam? Yeah, I think it's awesome. But like when I was trying to figure out who it was, I really could get what it was this I don't know. gospel it, singer. It took Tori like, Amos like 30 years to admit that why can't Tori Reed happen? So maybe he's going through a similar thing. 
Yeah, we all. But have this is a great song. It's great. it's awesome. Great dance song. Love it. Great. This album needed some soul, and it got some soul. I'm very happy. Oh, by the way, he's Sly Stone's cousin. Oh, also shit. worth noting. Yes. Very cool. Um, also, uh, just worth noting, the one other song on the soundtrack that we aren't going to play a clip of is uh, John Dupre's, uh the main title theme of Once Bitten, which is kind of like this slow tango. They include that on the album as well. But speaking of the release of this album, it unfortunately has never been released on CD. So if you want Weird. if you want to track this down, you're going to have to get a copy of the original um, LP or cassette, um, which is not terribly hard to do, I don't think, especially now that eBay and Discogs are what they are. Um but it's a shame, like, this one deserves a remaster and um, a repress. And I hope that one day it happens. <laughs> well, they're trying to, you know, hide that Cold War-esque uh, project. They want people to forget about it, but we won't That's let right. them. We won't let them. We know them. who you are, Gift Horse. We know. We know. <laughs> and on that note, if you want to listen to any of our old episodes, including the one we did on Maria Vidal, which was episode 88, I went and looked. Uh, you can listen to all of those on offbeattrackscast.com. Yes, we also have our Enigma episode where I am oh, yes. annoyed the entire time. But Enigma's yes. awesome and she was wrong. So, yeah, okay, um, we don't need that. We don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> that should be their theme from now on, Enigma. We don't need that. <laughs> um, we are also on Twitter, which we do need. Um, yes, we do. At Offbeat Tracks. Yes, thank you for all your nice messages you are still sending us, and please keep them coming, because yes. that is our lifeblood. Yeah, it's the only time we talk to anyone. We have no friends. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next time. Yep, so Bye. Sad. Bye.